Good day, everyone. This is Evelyn Aka from Aka Business Immigration Law. Welcome to our podcast. And today we're going to talk about misrepresentation and document fraud and whether or not you've ever been refused a visa and all the complexities that come with answering the question, have you ever been refused a visa? First and foremost, I think it's important that you understand that when you complete any application forms or provide information to the Canadian government, um, you must ensure that you are not misrepresenting, whether it's intentional or unintentional. You are responsible if there are errors in your application. Uh, no one else can be responsible. And you are the person that would also be at risk if you um, unintentionally or intentionally misrepresent. So I want you to be aware of that issue, okay? So first and foremost, you're responsible and it's important that you take your time, work with professionals, review drafts over and over again to ensure that everything that is submitted on your behalf or that everything you submit is truthful, 100% truthful. Um, so let's just get into this. Right now, uh, you need to understand that Section 40 of the Immigration Refugee Protection Act defines misrepresentation as follows. A permanent resident or foreign national is inadmissible if you misrepresent, whether it's directly or indirectly misrepresenting or withholding material facts relevant to the application. It's really important to tell the truth. The other thing is that Section 16 of the Immigration Refugee Protection Act states that a person must answer all questions truthfully. This is the foundation of immigration in Canada, that you answer everything truthfully and you tell the truth and you ensure that there are no errors because it's hard to go back and say, oh, I didn't know that was happening and um, I didn't see it. I just signed the form you're responsible at the end of the day. So one of the things I want to talk about the most is about misrepresentation. Most times when we get a call from somebody, it usually is they've completed the application on their own. And then, um, then they've come back and now they made a mistake and they're calling us for assistance. It's very difficult after the fact to clean up a mistake that even if it was unintentional, could affect the outcome of the application. Our role is always to ensure people tell the truth, and we always suggest that we immediately correspond with immigration and advise them of the, the oversight or the unintentional misrepresentation and, you know, mea culpa, own it own your mistake, share the accurate information, and then it's in the hands of immigration whether or not to refuse your application or to allow you to proceed um, with the application, um, with the correction, of course. So it's very important. One of the things I see the most is with respect to the electronic travel authorization, the ETA. That application process is done online and individuals have to do it themselves. And this application asks specific questions about um, have, do you have a criminal record? So let me just read you the actual language on the ETA says, have you ever been refused a visa or permit, denied entry to or ordered to leave Canada or any other country or territory? 
This is not just related to Canada. It's any other country or territory. And we receive a number of calls from people who indicate, no, I've never been refused a visa for or anything from Canada. And they take it as only relating to Canada when it actually refers to or any other country or territory. So when you make this mistake, it affects your application significantly because you've essentially misrepresented. You've lied. If you say, no, I've never been refused a visa from Canada, but yet you may have been refused a visa from the United States or from any other country. The government of Canada knows that, you know, what the answer is when they ask you the question. So you must always tell the truth. One of the other questions on the electronic travel authorization is, have you ever committed, been arrested for, been charged with, or convicted of any criminal offense in any country? It's very important that you tell the truth. Because again, they can find the answer. And if they find that you answer incorrectly or don't reveal every aspect of answering that question, you will be barred from coming to Canada. They will refuse your electronic travel authorization because they will know that you did not tell the truth. It's very, very, very important. Again, a misrepresentation, the fines um, and the penalties for misrepresentation can be serious. It can be a bar of five years where you cannot come to Canada or even apply for, an, for anything, whether it's a visitor, worker, permanent residence, you cannot come to Canada, or a $100,000 fine or imprisonment. The government of Canada takes misrepresentation very seriously, and so should you. The question of have you ever been refused a visa in Canada or any other country, you must read carefully. After the fact, it's very difficult to go back. And right now I have to say that um, we're in a situation where somebody came to us and they told us that they had inadvertently uh, made a mistake in answering the question about their visa refusal from another country. And we had to then, you know, we appealed in the sense that we wrote and we explained what had happened on behalf of our client. And it has been now many months and we are still waiting for a decision because the government takes it very seriously. They may refuse the application outright, but it has now been in process for probably four months while we are waiting for a decision to the mea culpa, we are so sorry, I didn't read the question carefully. Even if it's such an innocent mistake, the consequences are significant for you. So you must tell the truth at all times. That is the message here. So some of the ways where you can be considered inadmissible or misrepresenting um, the truth would be related to if you provide information to Immigration, um, Refugee and Citizenship Canada or the Border Services that is inconsistent, inaccurate or incomplete, and that as a result of that can induce an error in the administration of the Act. So, for instance, if they, they give you an approval based on something that's incorrect, that's considered misrepresentation. And when they find out, the consequences, as I've outlined earlier, are significant, up to $100,000 or jail time or a bar of five years. Withholding material facts from immigration that are relevant, being sponsored by an individual who has been found to be inadmissible for misrepresentation, following um, a decision 
than making fake claims or using fake documents. This is very, very serious. So what I want to talk about too today is the case of marriage fraud. Uh, we do a lot of um, spousal sponsorships. And for me, the test has to be, I call it the smell test. It has to smell truthful to me. I have to believe that this relationship is legitimate. I need to see all the paperwork, the pictures, the story of their relationship, how many years they've been together, how much travel they've done back and forth or together in order for me to be satisfied that this is a legitimate and honest relationship that is a marriage or a spousal relationship of common law. And so for me, um, you know, we had a case where somebody came to us and this is a file that I ended up doing pro bono because I just felt so badly for the individual. But the individual came, they had used um, a previous lawyer, I think it was uh, an, actually an immigration consultant. And this person didn't review any of the application forms that was submitted. Unfortunately, she wasn't, um, she wasn't able to read very well. And so she was relying on the individual to complete the form truthfully. And so uh, the person completed the form and there was a mistake in the form that led to a misrepresentation determination. Something in the form was not completed accurately. She knew it, but she couldn't read it. And he knew it and he submitted it. So when she came to me, she and her husband had been married, but yet they had a five-year ban. So for five years, she had to travel back and forth to visit him in the home country because he could not come to Canada as a permanent resident. That was significant. So at the time that we were getting close to the five-year ban being removed, she came to me. And she asked if I would assist. She'd given all her money to the previous advisor to get this negative outcome. And so we waited until the time had come and we resubmitted. We redid the application, as I said. And I'm very happy to say that um, he's now here in Canada and they're together and, you know, life goes on and they're happy. And he's almost at the stage now of applying for citizenship. So this shows you the impact of whether it's, direct or indirect, whether you know or you don't know, the government assumes that when you submit an application, you're responsible for knowing that everything that you declare and complete on the form is truthful. So that's a case of, of um, inconsistent paperwork that when it's found out can lead to misrepresentation. Another case around marriage fraud can be related to um, a marriage of convenience. What if Somebody ends up getting married and they want to support somebody to come for permanent residence, but they're actually not truly in a relationship. That is a clear misrepresentation and it can lead to significant, significant um, penalties. So what if you find out you marry somebody and you think it's for love and then they come here and they abandon you the minute they get here or you find out that they only married you to come to Canada? That is also misrepresentation. And the person that's the victim also has the responsibility to contact immigration and advise them that um, this has happened to them and explain the situation. That person could lose and will lose their permanent residence and be sent home because the grounds of the application was fraudulent. It's very important. Another case of fraud in the application for immigration would be around adoption fraud. 
What if you hear that you're starting a process of adoption overseas of a child, a baby or a toddler or somebody under 18, only to find out that it's not actually um, a child that's adoptable or that they're not eligible to leave the country. And you've gone through this whole process of adoption to give somebody permanent residence. And then you find out that, you know, this is the government, that it's actually a relative or that the only reason to adopt is because you want to be able to bring the person here to gain their permanent residence and not truly to be in an adoptive parent relationship. Those are situations of fraud. So when you find out that there's a situation of fraud, it's incumbent on you to notify Immigration Canada and the border officials, call them, email them, write a letter. You have the obligation to notify them and tell them what you've learned so that it doesn't impact you if that is the case. So again, you always have to be honest, truthful, candid. You know, even if you think it's going to lead to a negative result, you have to tell the truth. For me, I look at it as the impact is so significant that for years and years down the line, it could affect your ability. And it could even affect your ability to enter other countries because the question will be asked in other countries in their applications. Have you ever been refused? Have you ever not told the truth? Have you ever been deported? You know, you must tell the truth because more and more immigration officials around the world are sharing information. They know the answer to the question before they ask the question. Another thing that I think sometimes people forget is around criminality. Have you ever been convicted, charged, fingerprinted, uh, arrested of any criminal offense? You have to tell the truth. You know, um, sometimes when you tell the truth, you can then be eligible for another way to come into Canada. You could apply for a temporary resident permit. You may still get your ETA depending on providing all the information up front. I have had cases where people have called us after they've applied and they've said no to the criminal question on their ETA. And then it leads to more and more problems. Now you're barred. You can't get the ETA. You can't even apply for the temporary resident permit because you've lied and it's on record. So again, the importance of making sure your application is complete, accurate, completely uh, 100% honest, and any questions whatsoever, you indicate it. Put it in there and leave it to immigration officials to make the determination based on the review that you have given them all the, the truthful information. It's really important. One of the things that sometimes people do is they will um, blame the lawyer or the immigration consultant that they're working with. Oh, I didn't know. My lawyer just gave me blank forms. I signed them. They submitted it. That is unacceptable. For one, you know, when you work with ACA Business Immigration Law, we make sure our clients review every piece of paper that we submit on their behalf. And we say, this is a draft. We're relying on you to tell us the truth and to review it carefully again and again and again before you submit. And that question of, have you ever been refused a visa? We bring it directly to them and say, have you ever been refused a visa? You must tell me as your lawyer the truth because the consequences are significant to you. If I don't know the truth and I'm relying on you and you don't tell me the truth, then you are then putting both of us in a very difficult position because I may look like I have misrepresented. And as a lawyer, that has significant consequences. 
So what we do at our firm is after we've done the back and forth with the drafting, it's been reviewed by the employer client, it's been reviewed by the employee client, um, we also have something called a certificate of completion. And we started doing this because, you know, it was very uncomfortable to feel like people would turn around and say, oh, but you're our lawyer, you did everything, and it's on you. So right now we have a certificate of completion that we use, and in every one of our applications, our client has to sign it. And it basically says that all personal information shall be accurate, complete, and up-to-date as is necessary for the purposes of which it is to be used. Information shall be sufficiently accurate, complete, and up-to-date to minimize the possibility that incorrect information may be used to make a decision about the application. And our clients must certify this and must sign it. And if any of the information they provide to us is false, it may disqualify the application and the client may be subject to penalty. We do not want to be inadvertently subjecting ourselves to submitting an application that is not incorrect. Our job is to ensure we do the best job possible to provide accurate information to immigration. And that's what we want to do. So one of the things what happens is if an application comes back refused, because the government thinks you have been negligent in giving accurate information, you cannot come to Canada. You have to hear that. It means you can't come to Canada for up to five years. And then even after five years, you may not be able to come to Canada. So I think that people don't understand that this is a serious offense. And lawyers and our and staff, so everybody in my office, lawyers and staff are very careful to ensure that they do not participate knowingly or unknowingly in assisting somebody to submit an application, whether it's an employer or a sponsor, in making any misrepresentation or withholding any material facts. So this is very important because we as lawyers, we could be subject to facing litigation and also charges, criminal charges for submitting an application. So always be honest, always make sure that the documentation you provide when you work with us is accurate. Always ensure that you're providing accurate documentation. Um, Even though we don't really have this situation, I've heard of cases where um, lawyers are provided with incorrect documents or documents that are not true passports or even things like a false uh, IELTS test, which is the International English Language Test. We rely on the information that you provide or even a false um, WES um, documentation. So that's the World Education um, Organization that does your assessments. We rely on you to ensure you're giving us accurate information. And now, as a client of ACALA, we make sure that you sign a declaration that this is truthful. Because if not, it will come back. And I always believe it will come back to you. There are even many, many cases where people have obtained citizenship and then they've lost citizenship because the government has found that they obtained it in a fraudulent manner. Uh, more and more, we're hearing cases of agents, not even lawyers or immigration consultants, agents um, who have been helping clients overseas um, put together applications that are false. And now it's coming out. More and more, we're hearing about people who have now lost their citizenship or their permanent residence because they weren't even in the country. So, for instance, you have to renew your PR card. You have to spend time in Canada. 
And if you haven't been here with the requisite two years out of five, but yet you've worked with somebody who's helped you misrepresent, the government is finding out and you will lose the status. And now you're barred. You cannot come to Canada and you cannot say, I relied on my agent or my lawyer or my immigration consultant. It's really important that you hear this. The consequences are significant as well. You can also be charged with the crime. So, you know, again, I just want to say the significance of this today is because I want people to understand you must tell the truth and you must know that the government knows the truth already. When they ask the question, they know the answer. Even something as basic as becoming a permanent resident based on you're going to live in a specific province because that province sponsored you. And I've also seen case law where you actually may be landing in the province and then immediately you move. And all the grounds for you saying, I'm going to live in this province are no longer accurate. You could lose your status in Canada because the government has found out that you've lied to them and that there was no intention to ever live in that province. So please be careful. You know, if it sounds too good to be true, the person that's saying, oh, I can do all these great things for you and I guarantee you're going to get your status, be careful because if it sounds too good, it's too good and it's probably not correct. Do your due diligence and make sure that you're not taking shortcuts and that the person you're working with is reg- is regulated. You can search them online, whether they're a member of the law society it's across the country or they're a member of the regulated immigration consultants association. You can search and make sure you're working with somebody who is reputable. I also recommend that you get references. Check first. Ask for references. When clients ask us for references, we are happy to provide them. And we put them in touch with other clients that they can work with. It's really important to know you're doing things right um, and that you're working with somebody who is doing things right and is focused on accuracy. It's very difficult um, to go back. So just to wrap up here, I want to impart upon you that um, there is value in working with a lawyer. That's it. In our office, we review everything over and over and over and over. And if we don't feel that it is a strong application or that it is a truthful application, we let you know and we will not work with you. It's not worth it to us to ruin our positive reputation by doing something and taking shortcuts or working with the client that we don't trust. So once you work with us, we trust you. We make you sign our certificate of completion and accuracy. And and we need to know that we have trust between us. And I always tell clients, tell me the truth first. Tell me the truth so we can work on how we can help you, how we can correct the situation. Don't tell me the truth after the fact when you've been denied. I can't help you at that point. So please, um, I hope you hear this and I hope that this message is loud and clear that we do not want misrepresentation for you. Our job is to help you move to Canada, to smooth the way to Canada as quickly as possible and as truthfully as possible so you can start your new life here. Let's do it together and let's do it right. 
I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions at all on immigration, if you'd like to discuss a file before you apply or something has happened and you want to talk to me after you apply, feel free to contact us at acalaw.com or you can reach us at 403-452-9515. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to my podcast and I look forward to another great discussion with you in the future. Take care. Bye-bye.